podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It's first Thursday in a while for one of these shows. We're doing a viewer's voice tonight. So I'm your host, Matt, joined by a couple guys who've been on the show before. We've got Carl and Glenn joining us. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Yeah, good, thanks. Doing well, doing well. Excellent. Not not paying too much attention to Liverpool. I couldn't help but noticing our little group (laughs) chat we had today. There was a grand total of about no messages in it. That's... (laughs) <laughs> Nobody really seems to have a lot of uh, appetite to talk about how we've been playing recently. I mean, at least that's the way I'm kind of feeling about it. Like, it's just, it's real bad, Carl, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, luckily, um, I live in Boston, so the Boston Celtics are, are pretty good. So um, I'm more hyped for their, their playoff hopes than uh, Liverpool's anything hopes, to be honest, as we're not any real competition. So, yeah, I, I right now I'm mostly focusing on basketball because uh, Liverpool just keep letting me down. But who knows? I mean. Season's not over, so who knows what we can salvage. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, Glenn, like, I felt the game against Chelsea. It left a real bad taste in my mouth. Like, it, it just – I thought it was such a poor performance pretty much to a man on the team at the exception of Allison. Like, yeah, it can't get was, worse. Yeah, I know. Like, um, that's what I keep thinking as well. Like, especially off the, the back of the performance in the game previously. Um, and obviously – you're thinking the the changes that Klopp has made, he's made them to to get a reaction, and we didn't really get one. Like it was, um, it was so poor. I mean, it's just the fact that like Chelsea just can't finish. That's basically what got us the point. I'm certain if I had been any other team in the league, we were playing, they would have been good enough to take at least one lend chances. Um, so yeah. yeah, we were we were lucky to get a point. Um, but yeah, we are um just so bad at the minute it's it's really hard to kind of like think of any positives you know and uh i think I, i've said this on the show a couple of times before about like you mentioned there about like allison probably the only one who could really come out of that game with you know any credit and i always worry when your best player is your goalkeeper it's never a good sign um yeah. and uh yeah like i said before a couple of times when i've been on previously like when united were at their worst the head was winning their player of the year like every season so, um, I mean, Allison will win it this year, and, and he deserves to. Like, it's not taking anything away from him, but I just think it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a bad indictment on the rest of the team if, uh, if your goalkeeper's your best player. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think he's he stands a chance of being. He probably won't be just because of our league position, but he should be in the league eleven for this season as the goalkeeper. Like, he's on eleven clean sheets in the league, which puts him one behind Ramsdale and De Gea, and two behind Nick Pope. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Allison could win the gold gloves this year. And yeah, it feels like we yeah. concede 
Like it feels like we can see that for five minutes of every game. Like it's it's absolutely mad. So like that's the one certainty in the team. Like I think it's absolutely certain that Mo Salah needs to play for Liverpool. Like even though he's not been great, he still affects the game in a certain way. But like Carl, come to you with this. Like, can you pick me on an eleven for Arsenal? Who's who's gonna play? Like, uh, um, I think. Well, what I think, I think Klopp is gonna put back Van Dyke and Trent. Um, I would personally put Thiago in. I'm, but you know, I know how Klopp is with having people have good training sessions and stuff. So I'm not sure if he's um how he's reacted to coming back to training, full session training and stuff like that. But I'll probably put Thiago, Fabinho, and Curtis in my midfield. Um, just so I just think I just feel that after I mean after Chelsea's performance, I I, I don't want to really um see Henderson in the midfield again um because I feel like he doesn't really offer as much as um other midfielders um could be able to um I probably still pick him ahead of Harvey Elliott if I'm if I have Curtis Jones in my midfield just just for just for the balance but being said if I if I want to go with Thiago, Thiago and Fabinho and um I think Curtis would, would probably give us that edge that we want um in, in both both boxes and probably go a front three of Gakpo comes back because I think he's been his performance has been getting better um, ever since he's come come here, and so I think uh, especially in the big games, um, he's I, I don't think I, I don't I feel like he's never really let, let us down um, as one of a attacker. I think there's there's some games with this season was I feel like Salah could have stepped up a bit more, but I think Gakpo's finding his feet. So I think put him back in and probably go with um, Nunez out wide and Salah on the right. Um, and yeah, that's probably what I, what I would pick. But I don't know what Klopp would pick. I think. Maybe Klopp is still in the mode of trying to get a reaction out of players, and he might make some big changes. Um, but yeah, I mean, wh- whatever team we pick, it's, it's going to be a very, very, very scrappy game. So um, to get anything out out of uh, against Arsenal would be would be a miracle. But that's the team I would pick. Yeah. What about what about you, Glenn? What would you do with that midfield? Like Curtis Jones, did he do did he do enough to keep his spot? Like, is that how bad our midfield is that Curtis Jones can put in a not great performance, but he's won the shirt? Do you know the thing is, is that I I cannot get my head around what Klopp's thinking is when it comes to picking certain players. Like, he he started Curtis the other night, but he's not been anywhere near the team for ages, and that and like. I would put there's like sort of you got like Curtis, you have you have sort of Ox and you have sort of Navi, sort of three players who like every now and then like pop up and then just like disappear. But like, what what's the plan with them? Like, I mean, obviously with like with Navi, Klopp has tried his hardest to persist with him because obviously he was his big money sign and we we know how how much uh, he wanted him. But it's clear clear as day it hasn't worked. So I mean I think we'll point we're pointing the last of him now that he's been injured again. Ox obviously we know what's happened with his career. He's just unfortunately injuries. That that one against Roma has really just ruined his Liverpool career. What could have happened if that didn't if he didn't get injured, who knows? Curtis Jones. I honestly like it sounds awful saying this, but I don't think he'd be anywhere near our team if he was born in any other part of the country apart from Liverpool. <laughs> I just feel like he's getting a run because he's a scouser. Um, you can see there's definitely quality there, but like there's just no end product from him. Um, but yeah, it's just like I, I've got no idea what Klopp's going to pick in uh, in midfield on Sunday because his decisions are so erratic. You know, like they say, like Curtis popped up the other night. I haven't seen him for ages, and then like 
at the Bernabeu, he brings on Ox, and like he hadn't played in weeks. And it's like you bring him on against Real Madrid. Like I just I, so like trying to predict who he's going to pick in there on Sunday. Like any, your guess is as good as mine, really. Um, I've no idea what he's going to do, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I I I imagine that Harvey Elliott's going to come back in for this game. I yeah. Think. Uh, you you do kind of a platoon thing with Fabinho and Henderson at the six. And then, yeah, I guess Jones on the left. Like, it just seems suicidal. Like, when I think, like, the players that we've been relying on to be defensively sound for us, you know, that middle part of the press in midfield are so easily bypassed this year that you're now looking at, like, well, those guys don't seem like they can hack it. So you put in guys that just don't have that defensive nous about them, like Harvey Elliott, like Curtis Jones, like Chamberlain, mm-hmm. that you just don't picture them being an effective defender because they're not. And I'm sure the stats would back that up. And then you think of how good Arsenal are currently. I mean, oh, they man. are. Like, Brian O'Halloran had a comment here I threw up on the screen. He says, I think we're in a position where we don't actually know our best 11, and that speaks volumes. We haven't had a set of 11 all season. Versus if I said to you, what's Arsenal's 11 going to be? I I think we'd all get the same answer. It's going to be Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Odegaard, Party, Jacka, Rob White, Gabriel, Holding, and Zinchenko with Ramsdale and goal. Like, that's their 11 that they've played pretty much the entire season. Yeah, the only the only guy player that you might might get is probably Trussard because um his record against us, but that's pretty much like pretty much it to be honest. What a, what, a, what a signing! But I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely chalk and cheese between we're having a tough time nailing down. You know, who's going to be center half? Like, does Virgil come right back in? Presumably, you know, Canate, Trent. Like, there's so many question marks versus <laughs> yeah. Like, I still think that we're going to win. I just have this feeling about it. Like we we've got some pretty good, you know, results in the past, which of course means nothing against Arsenal at Anfield and maybe playing, you know, the sounds of Anfield at Arsenal training has actually steeled their players <laughs> for that so that they're not going to be, you know, totally rattled by it anymore. But uh, are you guys confident going into the game on Sunday? I am, but like not, not through any like logical reason. It's just more the fact of like, we always like to tend to raise our game against the team who's like sort of top of the league. You, I think back to like years ago when you know we were in our we were in the position we are now, but like not sort of coming off the back of you know nearly winning the quadruple. You know, like uh, like in Benitez's first season, you know when when we beat Arsenal, they were the reigning champions. We were you know still early days under Benitez, but we always seem to like raise our game when we're the underdog, especially when we're at home. So it wouldn't surprise me if we were to go out and win on Sunday, but our problem is is that we'll we'll beat Arsenal on Sunday and then we'll go out the following week and we'll lose one nil. Like that that's just been our story all season. But no, like if you're asking me about like Sunday, not through any logic, I do feel confident because as I say, I just feel like with the atmosphere, the players will raise their game. Like they're not bad players, you know, they've proven that they're not bad players over the last last few years. Just this season for whatever reason they haven't been able to sort of like summon that sort of ability that they have but sometimes Anfield like it can sort of bring it back out of players yeah um yeah, so I, yeah as I say I, I, do, I do think we can get something but like there's no logic to it it's just based off the fact of there'll be a, it'll be a great atmosphere the players will raise their game they'll 
kind of almost want to like make a statement to kind of say like yes we've been bad this season but you know, we're still one of the better teams around you know that kind of thing but um yeah it, it doesn't make sense but as i say i i do think you know we will we will get something out of it you know we will we will put in a performance one, one or the other yeah it's funny it just has that positivity you share the same feeling carl you got that just weird <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, like Kevin Sullivan says, the our home form. Um, I think we're top four in terms of like home form. Um, I, I know Man U have thirty points from home. Uh, no, we have thirty points from home. Man U have thirty three points, but we haven't. We're one game behind in terms of home, um, home games. So, like, if I mean, if we do win against Arsenal, then we be tied on um, um, home points. But um, also Arsenal is also a good, good team away as well. So that that kind of cancels out our, our home form. So I, yeah, like um, like Glenn said, um, it is a bit non like uh, non uh, nonsensical to to kind of think we might win against Arsenal, but then again, this whole club is nonsensical, so you never know what happens. But all, my only concern would be to to beat Arsenal this weekend, <clears throat> this weekend, and then lose the next weekend. Um, so right now, it just comes to consistency and whether we can keep that consistent. And there's ten games left, uh, with ten with ten points behind the fourth place. Um, I'm not sure how many how much more home games we have left, but yeah, like right like now six. it seems like six. Okay, that's well, that's that's more than I thought. So I think if we, um, if we manage to keep that a home form going on, uh, I think we, there's a good chance of us to get top four. But then, but then again, when it comes to this, seems all about inconsistencies and kind of injuries. Um, I think if we keep Thiago fit for the whole season, uh, we have a very good chance of finishing in the top four. Um, uh, I'm not sure how. Fast, Luis Diaz is going to come back because he's been out way longer than Thiago. But if we can get those two back, um, back and firing, um, maybe some formation change. I, I I still don't know why we haven't went back to the four four two that we did before the World Cup. But I mean, no one really knows. No one can really explain club decisions nowadays. So um, I think yeah, it all, it all gets down to injuries um, and consistency. To be honest, when it comes to this uh, this team. Yeah, it's, I, I like the fact that you still have a little bit of positivity about the uh, chances of us getting top four because I was just doing some rough math in my head listening to podcasts <laughs> and it was like, I don't like that. You're needing a lot of favors. Glenn, you got you hold out any hope of Liverpool pulling off a challenge for the top four? Uh, no, like based off how we've been playing the last few weeks, like not a chance. And also the fact that the ones that are in the positions that we're going for, like they're in form as well at the minute like you don't see them dropping yeah. points so you know even if we were to win all our games between now and the end of the season which is obviously not going to happen like we'd still be relying on teams above us dropping a lot of points so i just don't think the two are going to work um i i actually had i had a look before because i always remember um the season before last 2021 where we were kind of like well obviously we had a really bad year because of all the injuries but we did end up finishing third and we were actually like in a we had the same amount of points in that season as we do right now although we were like seven points behind the team in fourth as opposed to ten now so like obviously like we done it then so like you can say well there's no reason why we can't do it now but like to try and explain how that could possibly happen in terms of like getting results like you you, you couldn't because we're playing so bad at the minute and like obviously and it was a nil nil the other night but like that should never finish nil nil like teams just create 
too many chances against us. And I just don't see us being able to like eke out enough victories to be able to get anywhere near it, to be honest with you. Um, like I just I, like I looked at like our next like our next three fixtures after Arsenal are Leeds, Forest, and West Ham. And like it, this is the thing, it's like on paper, you're like looking at them and you're like nine points. Like, yeah. But like <laughs> That's not a chance, like because we've done this so many times this season. But this is just like typical Liverpool, you know. We'll beat Arsenal on Sunday, and then everyone will look and at the next lo- fixtures and lose the lead. Look at the next fixtures and they'll think, right? Actually, we've got a chance of going on a run here. But we'll go away to Leeds and we'll get beat one 0 Like it's just so no. Like, I think like there's been too many. There's been too many false dawns this season, and you know, um. The, the, they've had enough chances to kind of like drag themselves out of the shit that they put themselves in and they've not done it and so I, I can't sit here and say like yes I think we're going to do it because I've got nothing to base it off you know there, there isn't any sort of like ray of ray of light that I can see in the team at the minute that's making me think oh well if this happens then we've got a chance um so no I, I mean as I say um I, I do think on Sunday I do think you know we've got a good chance of getting a result. But um, in terms of finishing sort of in the top four, like I really can't see it happening. Just like I said before, we're too far, we're too many points behind and the teams above us just, they're not going to drop enough points for us to be able to get in. Yeah. yeah and there's the only... a, there's a lot of teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the only kind of pessimistic um, point I have is that a lot, when a lot of people comparing the season to the, the COVID season, which I don't, necessarily agree with that season you know we started the season pretty hot we were top of the league around uh december and um i think that season we were probably playing better than we are now even though we have all the personnel here you know these guys are two three years two couple years more older than they are now so i think our situation right now is probably worse than it was um the COVID season um because these players are they're losing you know physical uh, physicality um I think more teams are more um they kind of know what we want to do more. So um teams like Brighton and, and um seems like teams like Brighton and um, Fulham, like they they're already produced our, our our level of intensity and all that stuff. And now we even with the crowds back, that was a kind of a big factor during the COVID season as well. So we have all the factors this season that we kind of wish for we had um the COVID season, but we're still not playing good. So that's why I kinda a lot of people, people compare this season to the COVID season. Mm-hmm. I kinda I, I tend to disagree because I think back then we just were very unlucky with injuries and like no center backs and having to use midfield as a center backs. But this season is just players just down in tools. It looks like, um, and players are getting older and, um, some of Klopp's decisions have been kind of question, question, um, back then you can't really question Klopp's decision. Cause I mean, other than formation change, what more can you do? We had to play these people in different positions and it kind of halted all our, um, the way we play. Um, but yeah, this season, it, it just, a little bit inexcusable at, at times of some performances um, compared to, to the COVID season. Yeah. I, to be fair, though, like when Glenn was talking about that, like we have been here before, go back through the archives of the day trippers. I wonder who was saying around this time two seasons ago of like, because I'm sure we were all in like absolute despair because we were garbage. Like yeah. six straight losses at Anfield in a row was <clears throat> really, really bad. And it felt like we would never, ever win again. And I'm worried that our equivalent of the Allison goal we had that opportunity <laughs> against Chelsea with Joe Gomez if that ball goes in and we get out of there Ooh. with a one nil because Joe Gomez scores a thunderbolt for his first and only <laughs> Liverpool goal that could have been a turning point but it's just sliding doors moments and we move on and I have to say that 
I don't really think we can get the top four. I would really prefer to not play Thursday Sundays just because usually Sundays I have more things going on. So it's <laughs> harder for me to lie to people to get out of doing those things so I can watch the game. I prefer playing on Saturdays and, you know, the champions. Like, So I wouldn't mind finishing out of the European places. So, like, if we have to lose, losing to Leeds wouldn't be the worst because I would like Leeds to stay in the league. <laughs> and we're going to move on from Liverpool and talk about, like, some stuff around the league that actually matters. Um, let's start at the bottom, I guess, first, because I mentioned Leeds. Carl, who do you think's going down? There's a lot of teams there. Yeah. Yeah, there there is a lot of teams that that's I it might it might have to come out of goal difference um this year. Um a lot of these teams, um, I mean starting from the bottom, I think I think probably Southampton. Um that's they're probably the teams I'm most sure of that will go down. Um <clears throat> they, they gotta face Man City, Arsenal, Newcastle, Brian, and Liverpool last year of the season. Um but you know, if <laughs> if Klopp goes the whole tank um method that you that you were kind of uh, assuming he might, you know, just if 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 Europe is gone, you might just play the kids and they might get assaulted. They might get um, an easy win. Um, I think Leicester will be fine. Um, they got the quality and to to get out get out the bottom. Um, now that Brendan Rodgers is gone, um, they might get a new manager boost. I don't know if those 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 still happen nowadays. Um, I think Bournemouth will probably go down. Um, and Nottingham Forest, if they, the only reason why I think they'll go down is because of their fixtures. Um, they got just to play United, of course us. Ryan, Brentford, Southampton, Chelsea, Arsenal. Um, I think they had the quality to stay up, but just the fixtures is just is very um, very damning for them. I think Everton will find a way because that's what they've been doing the past couple of seasons, just finding ways. Um, so I think my final answer will probably be Southampton, Bournemouth, and, um, and Nottingham will uh, probably go down. Um, and it might even come down a goal difference, like I said earlier. Wow. All right. Yeah, it's, I like that. Uh Glenn, I think we can all agree. I've been a strong proponent of this since day one of the season that Southampton were going down this year. So I absolutely am enjoying seeing them rock bottom of the table. But I mean, two wins and they're out of it. Be like, you, like Carl, you mentioned their schedules. And that's a great point of like those those run-ins for Southampton and Forest are brutal, brutal. Your other option though is just six pointers. And if a six pointer goes your way, you know Southampton gets two wins and they jump. I don't know, potentially five places in the table sort of thing. You know, you got 30th with Crystal Palace down to 23 in Southampton, and there's nine teams there. Like, Glenn, who do you uh, who do you like for the drop? Um, Well, I mean, I, I would absolutely love it if ever went down. I just think that would be absolutely <laughs> glorious. Um, do you think they're bad enough, or do you think there's too many other bad teams that no, I, Everton I, will stay? I, no, I agree. I I think there are there there's three worst teams in them in the league. I think, and I think that's that's always kind of been the problem in recent years. Is that as bad as Everton has been, there's always been three teams who've been unbelievably worse than them. Um. So yeah, I mean, I unfortunately, like I I don't see them going down just because they've got the right manager in to kind of keep them up in Sean Dice because obviously his first few years at Burnley. He done that really well. Um, was obviously not pretty to watch, but um, he kept them in the league, and then I think then he got them in the Europe, didn't he? Like so, um, so you can't knock him for that. So no, I'm saying I, I, I would be, I would be really surprised if everyone went down. Um, I think just looking at the bottom three right now, like I, I honestly I didn't realize how bad Leicester were. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I. 
you're still you're asking a lot for a new manager to come in and and looking at their form like they've not won in their last five they've had four defeats in, in them as well like but like Carl said I mean you, you, there's what between Southampton and and Palace there's seven points like it, it's tough to pick three teams out of that it really is because like you said before it's not it's not outside the realms of possibility that a team could win two three on the bounce. Because if the team if the team was to do that now, like they'd be five six places higher up in the table. So, um, Southampton, yeah. they're obviously the favourites because they're bottom and they've got the least amount of points. Um, and um, like you said before, that the, they've got a tough run in. Um, I do I do think Bournemouth, um, Leicester, just I think they will survive just purely based on the fact that when you look at their squad, they've got too many good players, and I think when they really need to get a win. They've got enough quality on the pitch where they can do that. Um, I would be worried for Forrest. I just think the way they've gone about it this season in terms of the amount of signs they've made, I don't think that was the best strategy for them. I, I think even half the amount of signs that they've made across both windows probably still would have been quite a lot. So I just think bringing in that amount of players and expecting it to kind of, to, to sort of, to keep the har- harmony uh, within the squad, I, I don't think it's the right way. So I, I would, I would say if I had a, if I had to put money on it right now, I would say Forest, Bournemouth, and Southampton. Forest, Bournemouth, Southampton. That's, that's a matching answers for the both of you. See, I, I feel a little differently about it. I, I think all three of the promoted teams are going to stay up this year, which is kind of a rare thing to happen. I think, I think Saints are gone. I think Saints are done <laughs> and dusted. I think West Ham's going to drop into the relegation zone. And I think Everton is going to play Bournemouth on the last day of the year. And Everton's going to lose at home and go down. <laughs> that would be great. They're, but... <laughs> they're close. It's at Goodison Park. And I can just, there's something in it happening. To me, Leicester is in this most, I'm looking at the goal scored for the teams down at the bottom. You got Saints and Everton and Wolves at 23, Palace 24, 26 for West Ham, 27 for Forest. Leicester scored 40 goals. Like they've scored if you more take out the, the anomaly yeah. of Bournemouth, they've scored the same number of goals as us. Like they're finding the back of the net. These other teams cannot score goals and epoxy nil all or one one game isn't going to be enough when it comes down to it. Like there's so many big games that are coming down at the bottom. Uh, and I think it's great because I think that there's some players that could possibly be had from some of the stalwart kind of Premier League teams. If they were to take the drop, I, I think there could be some good transfers to be had around there. Not just for Liverpool. I mean, for like everybody, <laughs> you know, a team like West Ham's got some half decent players on it. Like, you know, Kurt Zuma will find himself a Premier League team to go and play at. Like Declan Rice will find a Premier League team. Jared Bowen will land on his feet. He'll be okay. Like he won't be playing in the championship. Uh, what about at the other end? Do you guys both uh, think Arsenal's going to win the title? Because I don't. I think City's going to go on a run and pretty much run the table from here on out. And Arsenal's going to slip up. No, Carl? I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted uh, kind of Man City to win the title just because it just kind of washes away um, how shit of a season we had. Because, you know, looking in the future, you look back and say, oh, Man City won a title, as, as, as they should have. Um, but after what that, that shit that fucking Pep did, um, uh, sorry for swearing, that, that 
think Pep did in the, in the in the weekend. That really pissed me off. That that really aggravated me. And I just I don't want to see him win. I want like they have, they have a chance of going trophy list this season, um, which probably won't happen. But I I just I just, I just want I wish nothing but but pain for Man City. Um, but I think um they might end up winning it. Um. Every time I question also, they've always responded. So I, I, I don't know. They, they might have, they might, um, it's kind of all, for us, no, just really about injuries, to be honest. Um, and even with injuries, they, they've still managed to get results. So I, I don't know that they've, I mean, well, they, they're really. Gabriel Jesus coming back into the team. Yeah. 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 And even with Saliba out, um, you know, holding still, you know, holding the line, uh, no pun intended, but um, I, th- <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think, I think regarding Arsenal's case, um, yeah, they've shown that they've are the real uh, mentality monsters this season. Uh, with everything that um, everything that comes comes across them, even with the even with the city, the city, um, the city loss, they still come back. Um, yeah, that that Aston Villa game was really the kind of where I kind of thought, yeah, this this league has their name written all over it. Um, I think Man City. I, the thing about Man City is that they it, it feels like they only kind of up their game or they play the best when um, like we're challenging. So. Uh, um, that's why I kind of think that this season, like, um, if we were, if like, I think if this season, if we were actually to level that we were last season, um, I think Man City's level to raise as well, and then also probably probably would have been third. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like now that Arsenal's on top, I just feel like when it comes to being the chasers, um, Man City don't really, um, I don't want to say hunger, but they kind of don't really have the ambition. As they, I think the a little bit more focus on Champions League this season. I, I think if you ask Pep which trophy you would want. He'll probably say the Champions League, but obviously, you know, he's a liar, so he probably told the Premier League. Um, yeah, one did, day didn't he say? <laughs> didn't he say a couple months ago? He's like, yeah, I've won so many Champions Leagues. I yeah, so many Premier Leagues. I don't even care about the league. It's shot off. Oh, exactly. Son. Like you can't. You can only trust as far as you can throw that guy. So um, right now, I'm I'm gunning for for Arsenal just to spite um, Man City. Um, but honestly, who knows? I don't know how long Holland's out for. Um, but they, I mean, I think their game against us this season, this weekend, probably the best they played the whole season. Um, yeah. but I don't know if that's us, us being trash or just them being good. So, um, yeah, I think that, that boost, um, might propel them to win the league, but uh, honestly, I, I don't, I can't see anyone stopping Arsenal right now. Um, I know they face Man City one, once more, uh, that probably would be the, the decider. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of all hinges on that game, to be honest. Yeah, they put in an unbelievable season. Kevin Ball says, to be fair, they're still on course for 90 points. It's unbelievable standards they're held to. So, like, like City and Arsenal are both still flying. I just get this strange feeling, like, pretty much every season since Guardiola's come into City, they've had a run where they just, they're they're unstoppable. They just win seven, eight, nine games in a row, or like eight out of nine, or nine out of ten, or something like that. And it's such a huge chunk of points to be able to throw up all at once. And there's zero room for error. And like if Arsenal lose to Liverpool, which we all kind of have a feeling that they might of like, that's cat amongst the pigeons. They play each other. If city wins that game, then all of a sudden the ball is completely in city's court. And now they're leading the pack and they're, you know, they're pretty good front runners sort of thing. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to play for. Uh, Glenn agreed. Arsenal hold the course or City? I think City will do it. I just just having a look here at the, the fixtures the two teams have got. And uh, I mean, I don't know what it is about Man City. Every time I look at their fixture list, I always think, how how do they get all these easy easy games? <laughs> like their, their next two are Southampton and Leicester. Um, 19th whereas, and 20th. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Like at this at this stage of the season as well. Obviously, then they have Arsenal. Um, but like even like they they go they have a they have a run of three games where they where they're home to West Ham, home to Leeds, away to Everton. Yeah, like I mean, I, I the thing is that it you can see City winning every game between now and the end of the season. It, it, looking yeah. at their fixture list, that you you're you're struggling to think of games where they could drop points. Even you know the the game against Arsenal, they're at home, so you would uh, you would be expecting them to win that game. So it's one of them ones where obviously it's like we all know within Arsenal's hands, but it's just whether they have the bottle to to hang on to it. But you know, like looking at their fixtures, obviously they're playing us on Sunday, which you know, we've already said we think we're going to get something out of that game. Um, they've got to go to the Etihads, but then they've got back-to-back games against Chelsea and away to Newcastle. Um, I think I think like Newcastle away, like that's probably one of the toughest places you can go. I mean, obviously, so ironic that we actually won there this season. But um, <laughs> you know, especially the form they're in right now. So um. And obviously, I mean, I I know everyone says this, but you know, City that they've done this like so many times, and they've done it. I mean, they've done it against us twice. You know, they've done it in eighteen nineteen. They've done it last year where it went down right to the wire, and you know, it was like churning out victories week after week after week. Um, so for them, like, I know it's a different opponent, but you know, the mentality should be the same. They they know what they need to do. And I, I really don't think the fact that they're eight points behind is going to phase the players. You know, they'll be doing the same thing we're doing. They'll be looking at that fixture list and they'll be looking at Arsenal's and they'll be they'll be looking at the games and thinking, well, we expect them to drop points here. And they've got that belief in themselves that they know they can go out and they can win all these games that they've got. And it, it really wouldn't surprise me if they'd done that. So yeah, I, 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 w- I would prefer Arsenal to win it. Um, I, I think it would be it would be good for the league if Arsenal were to do it, but um, no, I I I can't say I, I do think City. I just think that they're, they're just too much of like a machine, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think they will. Just do what it. I was thinking, like like a Terminator, like some weird <laughs> Spanish football Terminator that just keeps coming and coming and coming. And I think all their players are finding form. Like De Bruyne seems to be finding his form again. I thought Gundogan was phenomenal against us. Like he was just a dynamo he was everywhere like we made jack Grealish actually look like he was worth 100 million julian alvarez is probably a better long-term prospect for a man city team to be built around than erling holland you know which is a ludicrous thing to say but that he's so good like alvarez is so fucking good great tra- like what did city pay 18 million for him something like that ludicrously that, yeah. cheap yeah like just a brilliant piece of transfer work by them and that hurts like almighty hell um and yeah, I if Arsenal if Arsenal do it, if Arsenal put up a 95, 96 point season, good for them. Like I don't have to deal with Arsenal fans in my, you know, daily life or anything like that. So <laughs> I've, I I I've, I've seen some Arsenal fans on the internet have some pretty rough times over the last few years, so for them to be able to enjoy that would be all good, but I would much rather have another trophy that crumbles into dust out of Pep Guardiola's hands when the league comes down like a sack of sledgehammers on them with stripping them <laughs> of their titles in a year and a half when 
it turns out Lord Panic isn't actually as good as they thought that he was going to be and City lose badly. Just let them have all those titles. So Arsenal could still, you know, have an asterisk title, but so would we. But, you know, we beat City head to head and that's a very special thing for me. And I don't want to share that feeling with anybody else. I want nobody else to beat this City team but us because exactly. they are that exactly. good. Like. <laughs> Yeah, they, they are that good. Unfortunately, in the comparison of like, it's like Ollie versus Frazier, we're the Frazier, <laughs> you know, like they're they're the Ollie and we're the Frazier, but the two teams make each other better. Uh, is the top four going to be kind of a lame duck run in? United and United, Carl? Um, yeah, I think for top four, obviously it would be Arsenal, Man City. I think Newcastle will probably stay strong after that Man U win. Um, you seen what the, what they did um, yesterday? Uh, was it yesterday or two days ago? Um, that that battering that they gave uh, uh, was was it West Ham, I believe. Uh, yeah, West Ham were so bad. Some of the goals <laughs> that they gave up were insane. And it's I just to cut across here for a second. West Ham and Chelsea of like as much as it's been painful to be a Liverpool fan, especially coming on and talking about it on the internet of knowing yeah. that there are fans of other teams, that their teams are even fucking worse than us because yeah. West Ham is bad, real bad. Yeah. I think the only thing with Chelsea is that like, you can definitely see them. Like they don't, we don't have to, they're not in a, in a, in a major rebuild phase as much as we are. Cause the players are there. I mean, Enzo, um, I'm not sure how long Kovacic will stay. Uh, I think <laughs> I think that Liverpool game was the best game of Conte to come back. He would just, he looks like he was having so much fun uh, against our so midfield. Good. Um, and yeah, but they still got you know players to come in. Obviously, they're not any, they're not you know shy of spending money. So, I think this season we definitely are have a little bit more, I guess, bragging rights against Chelsea. But I think um, the task that we have at hand is definitely way, way, way more daunting than what Chelsea have to do. Um, and um, I mean, going back to top four, I think yeah, Newcastle will probably stay strong. Um, Hopefully Liverpool can get in there, but that's just my 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 heart. Uh, my mind is probably going with Manu to finish the in that last fourth place, uh, especially when they get Casemiro back. Um, he's like a he's like a one man midfield in, in his own. Um, you see how much just one midfield can, can change a a um a midfield um for for Man United. Um, regardless of Europa League, um, I know Klopp shares your sentiment when it comes to um playing in Thursdays. I don't know if you've seen that quote. From um, I think it was um Pep all Pep all Pep's book where he said that Klopp didn't want to play the conference. Um, that's one of his biggest worries, <laughs> um, the season. So I know he probably won't say that in, in public, but um, I think I think I do think if top four chances go, um, Klopp will probably start to take a lot with his lineup. Um, <clears throat> so I think if we can get top four, then uh, if we mathematically can't get top four, then we'll probably just um. And I guess tank a little bit in, in American terms, um, but yeah, for Europa League, I think I think Brighton might make um, might make a a, um, a Europe spot. They're only on on twenty seven games compared to teams around with twenty eight and twenty nine, um, and they you know, they only really have Man U home and Arsenal away left as their tough fixtures. Right now, I view Brighton as a top six team, so um, I think you know teams like Brentford, um, Fulham, I think they're capable of beating. Uh, so I, I think I think Brighton might may make a um, top six spot, um, but my five top four I got Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, um, Man U as much as space for me to say, uh, and then I would I'm not really sure about Tottenham to be honest. Um, as as 
sometimes it seems like Tottenham are on the same level as us, but you know, then I look at the Premier League table and they're they're, <laughs> they're still way not way more, but a couple more points ahead. So I think Tottenham might get fifth, um, and Brighton might get sixth. Uh, I'm not sure what place is facing in Conference League, but uh, those are my. I, my, I think uh, seven. Conference. I think seventh would get it this year, the Conference seventh. League, unless uh, weird results happen with teams winning the competitions that they're in, sort of thing. I I didn't even really think about Tottenham because I've watched a fair few Tottenham games this year, and they're they're also real bad, like Chelsea bad, where it's like they look so disjointed at the front, and then just can give goals away at the back. No, that's exactly how we sound too. Like it's. It's all up in the air. I lots of people in the comments mentioning the like Brighton. Brighton is a good team. Like, and yeah. I gotta give the same props. I don't want to give Newcastle, like Glenn, any credit really at all, because I don't like the whole situation behind Newcastle. But the guys that are getting the jobs done for Newcastle, for Brighton, for Brentford are like jobber names. You know, before this season, <laughs> nobody was really bigging up. Joe Willick to be the most stat for stat like Jeannie Wijnaldum replacement. You'd be, Joe Willick? Like, Joellington <laughs> looked like West Ham were garbage, but Joellington, like, he's coming back from injury and he just looks like a complete midfielder. Like, better than Paul. Like, he's playing, Joellington is playing better than I ever saw Paul Pogba play in the Premier League. Yeah, but I mean, That's like an, that, that that bar is quite low. Like it is quite low, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, he he came he came with a big purchase price. I think it was yeah. Newcastle's record signing when they signed him, like forty million, yeah. and he was garbage. But it turns yeah, out he I mean, was being played in the wrong position. Yeah, yeah. no, like honestly, I I think um, obviously we'll have to wait and see how the the table finishes. But if you were asking me right now. If I was to pick someone to be manager of the season, I I give it to Eddie Howe without a shadow of a doubt, because obviously a lot's been made the fact that they've got new ownership, and but for me, like their best players this seasons have been have been ones who like were already there before even he came. Exactly. Like uh, you obviously you mentioned Joe Linton, like he's just like he's like a new signing in that central midfield position. He's so good and like. It's like it's so painful to watch because like his best attributes are the exact things that we're lacking in our midfield in terms of like yeah. his ability to like get around the pitch, his aggressiveness. Like that's like the things that we're lacking. So it's so hard to watch this like field center forward turn out turn out to be like this unreal midfielder. Um but like not just it, like Sean Longstaff, like another one, like even Newcastle fans were like sick of the sight of him and were asking like, what's he doing here? What's he bring to the team? But like, he's been brilliant for him the last few weeks. And again, Jacob, like, Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> um, so like, you, like, that's why I say like, for like a manager to be able to get players who like not been playing well to like get these kind of performance out of them. Like to me, that's like the real test or like shows how good a coach someone is that they can do this with certain players. So like, um, no, like Eddie Howe, like he's done an unbelievable job there. Again, like I mean, if Arsenal were going to win the league, then, you know, you would say Arteta, he'd be manager of the year and you know, he'd, yeah. he'd deserve it. But um, the job that Eddie Howe's done at, at Newcastle has been unbelievable. And then um, the signings that they've made as well, like, you know, Botman has been unbelievable. Um, I mean, like, how much would we love to have had him? Because I know we, we were linked with him around the time, um, sort of... Uh, two years ago. Co- 
yeah, that COVID season. Yeah. Um, obviously, we 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 ended up getting Kanate, and like, don't get me wrong, like Kanate is a great player, but Botman, like, he's been brilliant this season. But like, uh, Bruno Gimaraes, like, honestly, like, what a midfielder he is. Like, yeah, I can't believe that like no one else snapped him up before Newcastle did. Like, that's the thing I can't get my head around. But um, but no, like, uh, like he's done an unbelievable job there. Um. And like in, in terms of the top four, I I, I really I don't the, the four teams that are there in, in them places at the minute, they'll be the four teams there at the end of the season. But in which order, I, like it remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, it's good on it. Like Kevin Sullivan points out, they their best players are Trippier. He says Batman. That would be amazing if Newcastle <laughs> Batman. Uh, Alexander Izak and Gimaraj. The rest are playing above themselves massively. And I mean, what a what a way to build a team! Like, no wonder their project has been jump started by like it seems like two three seasons. Like they skipped over the hilarious phase that Man City went through with like Robinho and Balotelli and like Mangala and just like throwing money around willy nilly. Like, didn't they didn't they sign Dimichaelis for like crazy money? He played yeah. I don't know half a season and he was just gone. That was a fun period where, like, yeah, they might win the odd thing, but they're not totally dominant. They just seem to waste money on crazy players of, like, oh, crap, Newcastle is really getting it right. Like, they've obviously got the right people in place that are picking out the right players. Because, I mean, like, here in Trippier, what a, what a signing. We're just going to solve our right-back problem, plus add free kicks, you know, corner deliveries, leadership. Like, oh, wow, that must be nice to have. Like, yeah, and you mentioned, like, Botman was linked along with uh, Coletta Char, who's at Southampton, who I don't think anybody with the current body of evidence would be happy for him to be at our team. Like, if, if those are the players, like, Botman's, you know, probably better than I thought he would be, but I still think that Kanate is the better defender. So, like, I'm yeah. okay that we waited out of those because, you know, he probably wouldn't have been able to get both Botman and Kanate at the same time. Um but yeah, like Gimaresh is good, and I think Alexander Izak could score some. He he could score some goals. Like he's got a bit of like I don't know Torres kind of movement about him, where he just seems to get open and he's super super quick for for like a yard or two and can just get space. Seems like he can shoot with both feet. Like yeah, it's a lot of credit has to go to Newcastle, and that's kind of the last thing. Like want to know what your guys' kind of biggest surprise has been of the season. And for me, that's probably the biggest surprise just in terms of the the level jump is just how much better Newcastle was this season than I thought they were going to be. I really did think it was going to take them an extra year or two. But, like, third place finish is probably on the cards for them. Champions League football almost certainly. It, well coached. It, it's strange because some I didn't think Eddie Howe was going to last this season. You know, or maybe get to the end of the season and he'd be gone and they'd be looking at bringing in, you know, a Zidane or, you know, Tuchel or somebody like that. Jose <laughs> okay. Marino, you know, you know, like a big name manager that they can throw a ton of money at and say, you know, you know, Simeone, like, you know, like that seems like a good choice. Time's about done at Atletico. Could be looking to go someplace else. He's used to being the highest paid manager in the entire world. Newcastle seems a perfect fit for him, but like Eddie Howe might have like Stefan Bacetich just come in because needs must, you know, for the time being. And all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, you got the job. Like, actually, you might, he might be a much better manager than I thought. Cause I remember him being at Bournemouth and, you know, we had the one, three, three, I think where Ake scored late and got a draw, but usually we didn't have a lot of trouble playing against Bournemouth. They were usually a pretty good team to play against. So yeah, good for him. Uh, Carl, what's been your biggest surprise in the Premier League this season? It can be good, bad, Liverpool related, not Liverpool related. <laughs> 
Um, I think staying on the Newcastle bet, I think the name people forgetting is Miguel Amaran. I mean, he he's <laughs> I think he's the second or first, oh, he's the first top, um, top scorer with 11 and Wilson with 10. Um, I think a lot of and a lot, a lot of his goals this season have been match winners uh, or match tires, so this decisive goals. Um, so I think he's also been a big part of um their emergence uh this season. Um, biggest surprise this season, um. In terms of teams that kind of um, kind of came out of nowhere, I'll probably say because I think Arsenal showing glimpse of them being able to hang with the top guys, but not sustain it. So I yeah. mean, like I said before, um, if we were in our best, then Man City level will go higher and also probably be around third, and that's where I kind of expect them to be this around this season, take that jump because um, they really should have got top four last season, but they kind of shit the bed towards the end of the season. So in terms of teams I never saw being anywhere near the league position, probably Fulham, um, you know, with them losing Cavallo and how, how much rated he was and how important he was to, to, to their season, uh, placing them with, um, I think, uh, the guy from Man U, uh, Andreas Pereira, pissing with him, um, getting uh, Ulian in, um, Paulinho, I think he might be surprised signing of the season if, if I had to pick um, – Pick one. Um, and, yeah, like I said, most teams we probably say Arsenal and Newcastle, but um, Newcastle showed a glimpse of it last season, um, and Arsenal as well showed a glimpse of it last season. Um, but I probably have to say um, Fulham in terms of a uh, team that surprised me the most. Players surprised me the most. Um, not sure. Sh- probably maybe Matoma, maybe. Um, yeah. Evan came Ferguson, out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Evan Ferguson. Um, I, a lot of these Brighton players, I, I, I've taken a liking to. I think, I think if Man you really want to invest in the striker, they should just bend Harry Kane and just get get Evan Ferguson. I, I think they'll be set for years with him. I think he he's a baller. I think he I'm I like really um, a fan of um, of him. Um, but yeah, probably have to say him, Matoma. A lot of these players from like these um, like Fulham, Brighton, these teams that you didn't expect to be in the top six, top seven, but they are. Somehow Aston Villa are in the top are in the top six and top seven as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say they're a surprise, but um yeah, a lot of these teams, these mid-table teams that kind of took took in that jump this season. Uh, and of course Fulham who just got promoted and, and are already in the top six. Um do you think uh, do you think Fulham are in trouble with Mitrovic being gone for pretty much the rest of the season? You think they're gonna struggle to win games? Yeah, it kind of depends on how um I know they bought Vinicius, um, the striker from Benfica. I don't know where you went after you left Tottenham. Um, but I know you're from Benfica and played with Tottenham as well. It depends, kind of depends how yeah. how he is. Um, yeah, it's kind of waiting on him. I think William will probably chip in some goals as well. Uh, He's I mean, had such comes... a good season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think they. I mean, they, they won't be in any danger of of whatever they they plan. I I, I know whatever they the goals was coming in the season definitely was in Europe. So I think even with losing Mitrovic, I think they'll be fine in terms of um you know. The success of this season, um, but yeah, probably I'd say Fulham, especially losing Carvalho. Um, yeah, probably my surprise team of the season. Yeah, I, I really like that show. Like, I liked how Anthony Robinson's been playing for them. Like, he's just kind of unheard of, you know, American kid came up with them from the championship last season, but like, he's just solid performing, you know, chipping in here and there, sort of thing. But like, William, <clears throat> career renaissance, you know, he's he's. 34, 35, something like that. Like, Williams been around a long, long time. Like, Bobby Descartes Reed is playing very well. Like, uh, who's the guy at the back? The American, Tim Ream. Like, he's like oh, yeah. 40 years old. This guy's ancient. 
Like, he is ancient, and he's still, like, putting in performances. Yeah, it's good for them. I just think they're in trouble. I think they're going to – Mitrovic has been so important to him. i mostly saying because I haven't had him in my fantasy team this year, and it's not worked out very well for me. But uh, I think they're going to struggle. Glenn, what's been your uh, what's been your biggest surprise this year? It, it probably has to be us, really, doesn't it? Considering, <laughs> like, the how far we've, we've fallen in such a short space of time. I mean, I, I – I know sort of in the run-in last year, like the last like sort of three, four, maybe four or five games, certainly in the league anyway, we were like, we were always falling behind, but we were able to come back and like get the results. So there was, there was like definitely warning signs there that like, you know, we were getting the results, but we weren't always playing the best. But for us to kind of be where we were after being so close to kind of like immortality, like I just think like, that's just like inexcusable. Um, like even if we had finished fourth this season, like we'd have been saying that was a dreadful season compared to where we were. Yeah. So, like we probably will would be the most surprising thing in terms of you know being where we were to where we are now. Um, I mean, but if I was going to look elsewhere, like you, again, you've got to give Arsenal like immense credit. Like no matter whether they win the league or not, to go from where they were at the end of last season because like they bottled it last year in terms of top four like they absolutely bottled it um and they, you, they might do the same this year in terms of actually winning the league but like realistically their aim at the start of the season was to finish fourth if they like if they had finished fourth and got in on goal difference in the last day of the season if you'd have offered that to them at the start of the year they'd have bit your hands off for it so for them to be where they are now like you you, you can't knock them for it um and then in terms of like in season, like for Brighton to have gotten better after sacking Potter, like <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean like because the thing, oh, sorry, not even like, sacking. No, coach. I was gonna say like, yeah, no, coach, sorry, yeah, stole yeah, No, I was gonna say like I obviously got my words wrong there. Like for obviously like they would never have planned for him to have left. So the fact that he left and they actually got better as a result of it, like. I mean, you would never like you. You would never get a team firing a manager when they're like having the the season of their lives, and then actually you know, to get someone in to improve upon it. So um, yeah. so like from that aspect, like um, you know, you you've got to get again, got to give them massive credit, and as well, I mean, they they've given us like we've played them three times this year, and I mean, I know the game at Anfield finished three three, but like they've given us a real hiding you know like the league game was like probably one of the most one-sided games I've, I've seen um and then the the fa cup game as well like like they looked like the team that like who had just come off the back of like getting close to winning four trophies the season before like we just looked so average compared to them so like brighton i mean you would always have them maybe around like mid-table but for them to be where they are right now again I would never have put them there. So there's definitely a few teams that you would say in terms of like, you know, surprises, both like good and bad. But um, I would I would probably say us is the most surprising just given like for us to have fallen as far as we have from where we were. Um, I don't think anyone would have expected that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a real one of them seasons this year. And, you know, it's, the one positive I will always take out of it until it changes after the next game is that there's at least 10 more games, you know, like the summer, I know how, how barren the summer's, 
No, I, 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 I still, at the end of the day, I still love watching Liverpool play. Like, at this point, I've given up on this being a season to remember in a fun, positive way, which we've had a fair few of those over the last couple of years. This is just going to be one of those years that you just got to take it on the chin, you know, try to remember some of the worst moments for future quizzes sort of thing, and that's all it's really going to be good for, you know. How many away games did Liverpool lose in 22-23? And you're going to think about it in five years and be like, oh, shit, we were garbage. I think we lost, like, nine or ten away games that year. And like, yeah, that's true. We were trash. Other than that, we just move on from it. But I like watching Liverpool play. So we got 10 more yeah. games left to go. That's all we can do. Just enjoy I'm just, it. I'm just, before I'm, you know yeah, I was going to say, I'm just happy that Thiago is back and you got to watch him play football. That's kind of the only upside I see now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree I agree with you. Fully, fully fit squad just about for Liverpool. All the players that you could expect to be fit are just about fit. So that does not obviously include Naby Keita, who is, of course, injured. Uh, and long may he reign. And long may he reign. Um, yeah, tonight's show brought to you by bookmakers.com. Head on over to them. They're uh, sponsoring us this year. Get the best odds. They'll reroute you to whatever site you want to go to and do whatever sports gambling you want to do to do it smartly, do it responsibly and all that good nonsense. But also Gav just had a show on there earlier today, previewing the weekend's action. So check out their YouTube channel, bookmakers.com. Follow Gav show, give it a like and whatnot. Our charity, uh, partner for this year is the 12 women that are running the Dublin City Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness. So we're trying to help them get to a 20,000 euro fundraising target. They're out there training every night, running around, getting ready and fit for the 26.2, I believe it is, miles of a of a full-on marathon and for an amazing cause. So if you check the show description, if you're listening on a podcast afterwards, you can go down to the show description. You'll find the link to the GoFundMe page. If you feel uh, generous and you want to support this cause, we thank you very much. It's all we ask for. People here watching, hit the thumbs up and like button uh, on your way out. Uh, if you're listening on a download, give us a five-star rating and, you know, leave a positive comment and share it around with your friends. But uh, before we go, let's do a little score prediction for the weekend, Carl. What do you think? Uh-oh. Oh, man. Um, I, I honestly don't think Arsenal will give us the same spanking that we got against Man City. Um, you know, us being home and all that. So I would, pr- I, I gotta go Liverpool. I'll probably say two one Liverpool, two one Liverpool. Who scores? For uh, us? I think big big game Gakpo, big game Gakpo scores. Um, and I think Nunez will score. Um, those two. Um. And for them, I don't pick you can pick anyone to be honest. Like the, the, <laughs> if you look at like the, yeah, exactly. Like the, they get goals from everywhere. Um, but I probably say trust our scores because he just loves scoring against us. Um, yeah. I think we we go two two nil up, and then he scores one, and then we have a very nervy end of the game where we just oh, great. <laughs> yeah, where we just um uh try to hold them back. Um, yeah, we end up winning two one. And uh, then we'll lose the next week after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, just before I come to you, Glenn, Red Chili just throwing us a 10-pound Super Chat, which is awesome because Red Chili, uh, whether you meant to or not, you've just made a 7-pound donation to our charity partner. So uh, all the Super Chats from the show, we take off whatever you got to pay to Daddy YouTube. The rest of it goes immediately to our charity sponsors. So we appreciate it very much, Red Chili. Thanks for watching the show and all that good stuff. But if you're feeling generous, just go right to the GoFundMe page and the – 100% of what you want to donate will go right to the charity. But, yeah. Glenn, what do you think? Score predictions. Um, 
I think it'll be two two. Um, in terms of the scores, I think um I'll go with uh, Salah and Gakpo. Um, uh, but like the what like the one thing I am certain of is that I am certain that there will definitely be goals in this game. Like I'd, I'd yeah. be am- I'd be amazed if it finished like even like nil nil or or uh, or a one nil. Um, I think there'll definitely be goals. Um, it'll be uh, quite hectic. So um, I just I. It's not that I like don't think we can win the game. I just think we can't stop them scoring, and that's why I think it'll be two two as opposed to like two one, like Carl said. Um, I know I said earlier in the show, um, it would be typical of us to go out and win, but if I was like, if I was sort of thinking with my head instead of my heart, I would say it'll be a draw. So I'll say two two. You went. You were saying earlier in the evening, like less than an hour ago, that you thought that we were going to win. So I like that you've talked yourself out of it. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I just think we're going to win. I think it's going to be like a 3-2 or a 4 th- I'm going to say 3-2. Uh, like, I could even see us coming back. It feels like Anfield's just going to be absolutely rocking. Like, I'm presuming it's a long weekend for pretty much everybody. So, you know, you'll be able to go out for the day. Nice early evening game, Easter Sunday, like it just, it seems like there should just be an amazing atmosphere. And until they're not part of our team anymore, I'm just going to keep having faith that the players that I've seen put in one effort to get, and it's not even years ago. Like you said years ago earlier, Glenn, and I could flash the seven at you. It was a couple weeks ago, like against United, we were amazing. We were like, they were trash, but we were unreal because all of our players that still play in our team, they just clicked. Like they all had good games at the same time. We're currently all having bad games at the same time, which makes us really like, we're not even getting a mishmash where some players are good and some players are bad, but I just feel like we're going to win. I think Mo's going to score two. And I think Kanate is going to score the other one. Um, Mark, nah, Jesus is going to get them both. It's his weekend. Uh, so I think he's going to get them both. So either way, it should be fun. So pretty decent slate of programming for you guys this weekend. Uh, Kev's doing his regular Friday night forecast show. He's got Dan, an Arsenal fan, and Joe, a Brighton fan on. So there's going to be some uh, eating crow for uh, Kev and whoever else from the Liverpool side of things is on the Friday show because uh, both of those guys are riding uh, quite, quite high uh, over how their teams are performing. There'll be a full-time red show after the game on Sunday and then the Fatback 4 following shortly thereafter. So we got you covered. It should be an interesting weekend of football as Liverpool probably lose again. So uh, thanks to Carl and Glenn for joining me tonight. This has been the Viewer's Voice. We'll catch you guys all later. Sports Social Podcast Network.